At Urban Farm Podcast, we are all about education, and April is Foliar Feeding Month. Have you heard of it? It is a super simple application of spraying liquid organic fertilizer on your trees and garden plants. The leaves, branches, and trunks are incredible at absorbing nutrients. And if your soil isn't great or your pH is off, foliar feeding is a quick and long-lasting fix to get your plants the nutrients they need. Want to learn more? Join us for our free online webinar on how to apply this amazing process to your gardens and fruit trees. Visit urbanfarm.org to sign up. That's urbanfarm.org. Greetings, urban farmers, gardeners, and healthy food visionaries. Farmer Greg here, and welcome to the 378th episode of the Urban Farm Podcast, where every day we work together to educate and inspire you to become part of your food revolution. Do you want to save money at the grocery store, eat more organic, whole foods, cultivate food security, and feel more connected to the earth? If so, then growing your own food is a no-brainer. You wouldn't believe how many people come to me claiming that they can't grow their own food. They think they don't have enough space, that they're too busy, or that they simply don't have what it takes. Perhaps you've fallen for one of these gardening myths. If you think you can't grow food, Or if you think the only food that you have access to is what you buy in the grocery store, I have a life-changing webinar that you need to see. It's free and will help you unearth your inner gardener. I've helped thousands of people just like you learn to grow their own food and I'm speaking from my own experience when I say that with the right knowledge in place, there is no such thing as a black thumb. With this webinar, you can begin making your garden dreams come true and start growing delicious, nutritious food for your family. Just text GARDEN to 44222 or go to IWantToGarden.com and you will receive our free webinar about the seven key factors you need to know to grow your own food. Remember, that's GARDEN to 44222 or IWantToGarden.com. Today on our podcast, we have someone who follows rabbit holes to new adventures and new veggies. We're talking with Lee Rohde about discovering markets on the move and finding herself along the way. Lee is not our typical guest, but her story is something that I can relate to. She reached a place in her life where things were at a turning point. She was unhappy and the grass looked greener in everyone else's story. She realized she needed to change her outlook and started the I'm So Her project to help her appreciate what she had. Welcome to the show today, Lee. Are you ready to rock? I am ready. Excellent. So I shared a bit about you. Can you fill in the blanks for us and share more about the path you took to get where you're at today? Sure. I would say this all started several years ago. I had this idea, like many of us do, that everyone else kind of has the answer or has it better or has something that, you know, was lacking in my life. And it was not a great place to be in when you think that everyone else has it and you don't. (laughs) Right. We are all there from time to time. But this kind of was a theme that I had at this particular point. And then one day it just kind of occurred to me that I've got this wrong. You know, it's not about other people is about me. I need to see all those things, create all those things, cultivate all those things in myself if I really want to have 
a life that's purposeful and meaningful and enjoyable and happy. So I started this idea, kind of went with it for a little while. And then I decided I needed to make another step, make this, build in some accountability for myself. So I started a blog. And now we're kind of at this point in my idea that I want to share it with other people because I keep finding more and more people have been in that place Mm -hmm. or are in that place and can relate to it. And we're all just kind of going through life you know, no one has the right roadmap. So we're in it together. And that's what I love is we're all in this together. So whatever we can do to find a better way, that's what I want to be a part of. Yeah. Find a better way as a community. Yes, definitely. The saying, it takes a village. Mm -hmm. I mean, it still takes a village and I'm an adult, you know, I need a village to help with myself. So definitely community is a hundred percent what people should be enjoying and focusing on. Yeah. So you started the I'm So Her project. What is that? At the moment, it is mostly my own experiences that I'm sharing with people. And I think I said a little bit of a way to hold myself accountable that I'm trying to really shift my mindset, become okay with where I'm at as a person while finding new ways to have adventures, find new ways to do things, find new things I'm excited about. You know, from time to time, we'll do some updates on where I'm at. And I'm hoping to start sharing that more with people and then providing resources for others who find themselves in the same spot. Yeah. Same spot of maybe stuckness. Stuckness. I love it. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. You've used hold yourself accountable and accountability already in our conversation. Say a little bit more about that. I think it's really easy for us to think that, you know, I'm going to make this change. I'm going to shift my mindset. Okay. Well, how are you going to do it? Or what does that look like? And, you know, what steps do you need to take to get from A to B? You know, I can't really just sit on my couch and say, oh, I'm going to change my mindset tomorrow is going to be a a better day. I need to think about, well, how do I get there? And that's part of the accountability is making sure that I'm not just saying this, Mm -hmm. that I'm actually doing this. I'm exploring new options. I'm finding resources for myself. I'm listening to people who have been in the same place, you know, finding coaches or mentors or new activities that might change where I see my life going in an unexpected way. You know, you never really know what door is going to open. And if you go through it, you have a whole new adventure going on. So that's a, a big piece of it. Excellent. So let's kind of thread market on the move here. Sure. What is market on the move and how did that impact your life? I was aware of it years ago because they had a location near where I lived. And in my mind, I just thought it was another farmer's market, which I love farmer's markets. Don't get me wrong, but you can only go to so many, you know, Uh more recently, I kind of made that decision like, hey, I need a new thing this weekend. Why don't we go check this out? I've been hearing about it. I'm sure you know, but the idea behind it is they are an organization that takes fresh produce that otherwise would end up in the trash and you can go and for a donation, get this big box of produce. And when I went and I saw it for the first time and I talked to some of the volunteers that are there, it just absolutely blew my mind that this perfectly wonderful food would otherwise be in the trash. Mm -hmm. That right there, it hooked me. And this has become my newest adventure and pretty much everyone else in my life. We've kind of got a little running 
joke, you know, what produce are we going to have this week? What are you going to find? Because it changes, you know, it depends Mm -hmm. on what's in season and what the stores have and what's fresh. So every week, you know, I get to go on my little mission, get my big box. I mean, and it's not just a little box. This is, I think they do up to 60 pounds. Right. That is a lot of food that one person can bring home with them. I wanted to have you speak to the magnitude because we're not talking a little bag of groceries here. We're talking $10 for 60 pounds of stuff. I cannot carry that on my own. And most people there, you can tell the people who do it all the time Mm -hmm. because they have their own boxes that they show up with and their own cart because you cannot just carry 60 (laughs) pounds. Right. You know, or at least speaking for myself, I can't do it. So they also have little dollies that you can use to get the food from the location out into your car. So it is an enormous amount of food. My favorite week, which was about a month ago, I think it was 30 pounds of mangoes. Oh my gosh. (laughs) And my house smelled of mangoes for days. (laughs) I mean, I made everything that we ate for the next couple of weeks had mango in it. Mango barbecue sauce, mango jelly, mango jam, mango crisp, smoothies with mango. It was three boxes of mangoes is what that equates to. I mean, it was just amazing. And to think that all lovely, wonderful fruit otherwise would have just gone, you know, in a dumpster somewhere. Right. Do you happen to know why they're getting all of this food? My understanding is that it's at its peak in the store. Right. And, you know, people typically when they're going to grocery stores and doing their shopping, they want something maybe slightly less ripe Mm -hmm. because you might not use it that day. And that is the one thing is you have to kind of go into this knowing that whatever produce you get is fresh that day. So you kind of need to have an idea that I'm going to spend a little bit of time either prepping this or freezing this or baking this lovely produce. So that is my understanding is that it's at its peak ripeness Got it. and people aren't going to buy it. Yeah. You know, you just planted the seed for me. It's like, wow, we're on episode, what, 370 something. And I'm wondering why I haven't had market on the move founders on the show yet. I'm obsessed with them now. <laughs> Well, it's a really, really cool project. Part of what they do is we have trainloads of food that comes up from Mexico, from the Mexican growers. And when they don't have a market for it, that's a big part of what Market on the Move gets too. It's kind of stalls at the border and then it has to go in a landfill and it's just ludicrous. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Yeah. It just, it blows my mind that this happens. I don't fully understand all the complexity that goes into food sourcing. Right. And I think, oh, I go to the grocery store and it's beautifully displayed and don't really, or previously hadn't really given much thought to all the behind the scenes that go into getting the food and what happens to the food if it's not purchased. It definitely was a huge eye-opening thing, you know, tying it back a little bit into what I'm trying to do in my life, opening myself to new experiences and new knowledge. And this was a huge eye-opening thing for me. My whole life, I've just thought grocery stores, end of thought, right? you know, and hadn't really given thought to what happens to it. So I absolutely love it. Yeah. Thought of the process from where it's grown to the table. I often tell people that only 50% of being a farmer is actually growing the food. The rest is picking, packing, marketing, transportation. We have a huge food system that works really well in this country Uh that is very tentative. Right. You know, it could break down at any given moment. And that's the big reason why I do what I do in sharing this with people. So what else have you done with all the veggies? 
Okay. Well, I have decided that I am never buying tomato sauce again. I think my first week there, I ended up with about 30 pounds of tomatoes and I made some of the most delicious sauces. Uh I've never done it before. You know, I've always just kind of purchased spaghetti sauce or pasta sauce. And now that I know how easy it is and how much better it tastes, again, eye-opening experience of what was I thinking in ever purchasing this. So lots of sauces. This past week, it was potatoes and onions were the big things. Uh We've been eating potato salad and mashed potatoes and, you know, potato casserole and I made an onion soup. So it's pretty much depends on what they have. Mm-hmm. And that's what kind of prompts me to think of, well, I've got this overabundance of peppers or whatever. And then I start thinking, what can I do with them? And sometimes it's too much for me and I end up giving it away. Mm-hmm. I bring in bowls of stuff to work or, you know, friends and family and stuff. So it definitely is an adventure to figure out what to do with 60 pounds of produce (laughs) that you you don't really know what it's going to be until you show up. Mm -hmm. I know on their website, they do kind of give you a hint about what they expect to get. But again, until you get there and see what's still left, it's a complete surprise. (laughs) So in having this part of the conversation, the market on the move part of the conversation with you Mm -hmm. and having it relate back to finding yourself along the way, you sound pretty lit up about food in general and all this abundance of food. I can hear it in your voice. Tell me more about that. (laughs) I do love food. I mean, you get to create something. You're doing something with your hands. Mm -hmm. You're feeding your family or your friends or yourself. We can't do without food. So why not make it something that we love and we put ourselves into? So definitely that's something I really do enjoy. I do enjoy trying new things. And that's a part of it, trying new recipes, Mm -hmm. trying new foods, things that I might not have done in the past. I ended up one week with a whole bunch of asparagus, which I do love. I love just plain, you know, asparagus. You can't go wrong. Right. But I had so much of it, I attempted a pickling recipe. So I pickled some asparagus and it came out fantastic. So now I'm pickling everything that I can. You know, I just love this one little thing, walking in the door that one day to just Mm -hmm. have a new experience has created this huge opportunity for me to try new things and think about things in a different way and experience it in a more natural way, if that kind of makes sense. Oh, yeah. Talking about. (laughs) Yeah. I do love food. I mean, you really can't go wrong with a good anything, a good piece of fruit, good vegetable, all of it. You know, I can hear it in your voice. There's a sparkle (laughs) and, you know, your giggle. You're just lit up about this. And what a better way to live life. Right. And that's how I want it to be all the time. That's my goal is to feel like this. Most of the time, I get that it's unrealistic for 100% of the time to be lit up about everything because, you know, I got bills like everyone else. Mm -hmm. I've got the normal stuff everyone's got to take care of. But once those are set aside, this is what I want. You know, I want to have that joy and adventure and freshness to my life all the time because we've only got one of them. We only got a few set number of days before we're done. Before we're done. Yeah. 
So I recently had a very interesting experience. I was at a coffee house and I'm bright and sunshiny in the morning because, well, I'll tell you the rest of that story in a minute, but I had an interaction with this woman and I walked in and she was a customer there and I walked in and I placed my order for my tea and it was like seven o'clock in the morning and I said, hey, how you doing? You know, I'm like all happy. And this woman in front of me kind of looks at me and scowls a little bit and says, why are you so happy? Hmm. And I said, well, I figured when I get up in the morning, I have two choices, happy or not. Mm-hmm. There's probably more choices than that as well. Sure. But I'm going to choose happy. And she mm-hmm. kind of growled at me and she said, well, stop <laughs> being so happy. <laughs> You know, that was kind of sad for me because, you know, really, truly, we can choose no matter how bad it is. Right. I think we can choose. I 100% agree with that. I think that's really what's happened with you in this situation. You stumbled across Market on the Move and, you know, it's turned into this abundance machine for you. Let's call it that. Yes, for sure. And not just with vegetables. No, just a whole new avenue. I think I said, you know... At the beginning, you never know what door is going to open. Uh-huh. And this was a door that I kind of stumbled across. You know, I wasn't even actively looking for it, but I went through this door and now I have these conversations with people that I would not have spoken with ever. Or, you know, I'm trying new things or I'm sharing new things. And I just, you know, that is amazing to me that something so small has turned into something that now is, I mean, every week. I can tell you on Saturday, I had someone ask me, oh, do you want to go to brunch? Well, I can go on Sunday, but I can't go on Saturday because I'm going to market on the move. Uh And now everyone kind of laughs and, you know, they know what to expect from me. (laughs) And then the next question is, is, oh, can I get some of whatever you're getting? (laughs) And the answer is yes, I will do that for you as long as I don't earmark it for some amazing recipe I've found. Yeah. You know, that's the thing I've discovered over the years is that this whole notion of lack, not having enough. Mm-hmm. really only exists in one place. It's in our mind. That's right. Because when I look at the apple tree outside of my back door right now, I've been picking apples for two weeks and there are still so many apples on the tree. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, there's this amazing abundance and choose happy and see the abundance. There you go. Yep. It's there. You just have to be looking for it. And when you do see it, I think the next step, and I'll tie this into my accountability, you see the abundance and then you move towards it. You know, not just, oh, I see it for some people. No, it's for all people. You just need to take that step and ask for it or take it when someone hands it to you. Yeah. I've had this theory for quite a few decades about change mm-hmm. and I call it my 99-1 theory. 99% of the time people change because they get hit by a Mack truck mm. and 1% of the time people change because they choose to change. Right. And that choosing to change starts with an awareness of, oh, there's something that needs to change here. Right. Yeah. I want to be in that 1%, right. to be honest. I don't want to wait for <laughs> the Mack truck. I'd rather, you know, find it on my own. You don't want the cosmic two by four or the Mack truck. No, thank you. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I'm going to shift on you and I'd like for you to talk about a time you failed, how you overcame that failure and what you might have learned from it. Sure. I have one that is a little bit recent. I'll be honest, it stings a little bit to think about. And it's going to sound probably silly to a lot of people, but I have been trying to learn how to drive a manual transmission car. Oh, wow. And... I learned to drive on an automatic and I've been driving now for, I'm not going to tell you how long, but Uh long enough that it is 
second nature to just drive an automatic. Yep. But I love the idea of trying new things. And one of those new things, I thought, you know what? Some people still have them. I should learn. How hard could it be? That's the thing right there. How hard could it be? Uh It can be quite difficult. And I just have struggled with this. And eventually, over a series of months, I have a wonderful younger brother who has a manual transmission. And he very graciously has given me probably no less than 10 sessions Uh with him. You know, I'm great in a parking lot, but you really can't go very far if you can't get out of the parking (laughs) lot. I want to relate that back to I'm so her. What you just said is classic (laughs) with I'm so her and with the manual transmission, you're trying to get out of the parking lot. I'm trying to get out of the parking lot. Yes. So eventually, you know, I've had to kind of put a pin in this. I'm not saying that I can't do it. Mm -hmm. I'm saying I can't do it right now because it ended up being so stressful for me to get out on the road and then stall at a red light. And I mean, we're in Phoenix. These are not little back roads that if you stall at a red light, no one cares. You know, the last time I stalled at a red light, I had a line of people behind me honking and yelling. And I'm thinking, oh, gosh, I'm going to make it into the middle of this intersection and then cause a crash. So I will give it another shot. But the thing that I'm learning through this whole experience is, you know, I am very uncomfortable with learning new things, especially learning new things that require like a skill set that's maybe outside of my comfort zone. And I will say 100% learning to drive this car was outside of my comfort zone. And so just the awareness, you know, we've talked a couple times about awareness, the awareness that this is one of those things I need to work on myself. Yeah. Again, eye opener that that's okay. This doesn't mean the end of the world. You know, I can still drive the car that I've been driving for the last five years just fine. We'll try it again another day. Not all is lost. While I will say, yes, this was a failure. I'm trying really hard not to take it as just because I see 16 year olds out on the road driving manual cars. You know, it doesn't reflect on my life as horrible. Yeah. And I see this whole thing as a learning experience for you. Oh, yes. And that's the reason I asked this question. That's how we become better human beings Mm -hmm. is making mistakes. (laughs) Imagine a life where you didn't make any mistakes. Oh, I know some people like that (laughs) and they're pretty boring. Yeah, that's what I would think is that must be pretty boring. Yeah, because the only way you cannot can do that is you don't really try. Right. That's my impression is that if you don't try new things, then you can't fail at it. If I never attempted to learn, well, I wouldn't feel like a failure at driving this car. Yeah. So what do you consider your biggest success? So I'm going to take a liberty with biggest. (laughs) Okay, good. I recently knit a hat, which probably you can see a little pattern with what I just shared about learning new things. It's hard for me. Uh And especially if it goes outside my comfort zone. And I have wanted to learn to knit forever. I see these people who just carry their little knitting bag around with them and they sit in a coffee shop and quick whip up a pair of socks. And I just am fascinated by that. So I thought I will learn to knit for Christmas maybe two years ago, I was given this starter kit of yarn and little looms and needles. And I mean, everything, books, everything you need to get started. And I got it home from Christmas and immediately put it on a shelf 
because the thought of it just terrified me for some reason. You know, I wasn't at that place where I was okay with, you're going to be terrible at this in the beginning, and it's going to take you some time. So I wasn't there yet. But, you know, maybe this was only a couple weeks ago, I finally thought, I'm going to face down my fear of this closet and this box. And I took it down and I made myself a little hat. I didn't really look at the part of the book where it talks about sizing, because I think this hat only fits on my cat. (laughs) It doesn't actually do anything. You know, I can't put it on a person, but I'm so proud of it. You know, I have it sitting out so I can see it as this nice reminder that you can do this. You know, I'm not learning something like brain surgery. It's knitting. You can do it. Just take the time. Take a deep breath. I'm so excited and proud of myself for making this little hat. Nice. (laughs) So what drives you? I'm going to say time. Just the general awareness that this is what we have. We've all got that same amount and you put it perfectly earlier. You know, we get up in the morning, we can choose two things to do with our time, enjoy it or not enjoy it. I love knowing that as far as time goes, we're all on a level playing field and we need to make the most of it. So I like to focus my energy on what is going to make my life either better or more enjoyable or more purposeful, because this is it. You know, once today is gone, we're not going to have another, you know, Thursday in this month and this week and this year. Yeah. Perfect. So if you could recommend one book for our listeners, what would it be and why? I would recommend that people read The Wonder Trail by Stephen Healy. I don't know if you're familiar with it. I'm not. He is a writer. I believe he does television shows like The Office and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So he wrote this book and it documents a trip that he planned and then went on starting in LA and he goes down through Central and South America down to Patagonia. And it's very funny. It's an easy kind of travel read if that's your thing. But I loved some of his perspectives on on his travels and it was another opportunity for me to see I've never really wanted to go to South America and I couldn't really tell you why because I don't know a lot about it besides what you see in TV but just hearing some of the adventures he had and hearing about some of the people that he met either the local people or the other people traveling that he met I just thought gosh what a wonderful trip and I want to go on this trip so I found it very inspiring as far as travel and becoming more aware of what travel can do for you as far as opening your horizons. Mm -hmm. Loved the book. It was really great. I would definitely highly recommend people check it out. Sweet. That's the Wonder Trail by, did you say Stephen Healy? Steve Healy, I think is what his name is on the book. Beautiful. So what one final piece of advice do you have for our listeners? This is a kind of technical little piece of advice. If you find your day is busy, like we all are, you have trouble building in those moments to either repeat some affirmations or take a little mini meditation. I do this. I've done it for years and I absolutely love it. When you are setting your password on your computer, think about how many times a day you need to log into a computer. Yeah. Make your password align with your affirmation or your quote or your meditation, whatever it is. So I'll give you an example. Oh my gosh, that is brilliant. (laughs) I just got chills all the way to my toes. I so wish I could take credit for it, but I'm sure I read it somewhere else. This is not my original idea, but I do it myself and I love it. Yeah. So here's my example. You want to do a little meditation where you remember to take a deep breath a few times a day. So you use the phrase, take a deep breath 
you set your password to the first letter of each of those words. So T-A-D-B. So every time you're putting in your password, you have to think, okay, what is it? Take a deep breath. And while, while you're typing, you say it to yourself. And just if you think of saying that to yourself multiple times a day, how could it not sink in? Oh, my gosh, that is brilliant. You know, my listeners know that I call out epic when I hear it. That is truly <laughs> epic. I love it. I do it all the time. I told my husband about it recently and he was like, how did we not know about this? Why <laughs> have I been using a birthday for so long? I mean, I know it's something it's easy to remember these birthdays or, you know, your cat's name or whatever. But I mean, you have to put in a password 15 times a day. Mm-hmm. You might as well make it work for you. Beautiful. Well, thank Thank you so much for joining us on the show today. And thanks for that awesome tip, Lee. You're very welcome. So how can our listeners find you? I'm SoHer.com. Or if they are interested in talking to me directly about anything, my email is Lee, L-E-E, Lee at I'm SoHer.com. Perfect. You can also find show notes from today's podcast at urbanfarm.org forward slash I'm SoHer. We are your urban farming resource. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Also visit urbanfarm.org to find articles, podcasts, webinars, courses, and more. Well, that's it for today. Thanks for joining us on the Urban Farm Podcast. Claiming your inner urban farmer is easy. Grow food, share it, and name your farm. Then let the world know you're an urban farmer while supporting our podcast. Pick up your urban farmer bling, hats, and t-shirts at imanurbanfarmer.com. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Urban Farm Podcast. Remember to listen for tips, advice, and resources to help you on your journey with urban farming. You can find us on the web at urbanfarm.org or send us an email to podcast at urbanfarm.org. In the words of Vincent Van Gogh, great things are done by a series of small things brought together. Be encouraged that with each lesson learned and skill developed, you are one step closer in the direction of your dreams. One of the first things that many of us learn when we start to garden is how to water and fertilize the soil. But there is an exception to this rule and it's called foliar feeding. You should foliar feed or water the leaves of your plant with liquid fertilizer when you want certain nutrients to be absorbed better. Not only are the leaves great at uptaking liquid fertilizer, if your soil isn't very good or your pH is off, foliar feeding can help your veggies and fruit trees quickly get the nutrients they need to thrive. If you're ready to start foliar feeding for maximum growth yields and quality, head on over to urbanfarm.org forward slash feed the leaves to see our selection of foliar feeding products. That's urbanfarm.org forward slash feed the leaves.